0: Hey everyone, this is the Baba from Nightlight Astrology. And today I am joined by two of my buddies to take a look at this upcoming Mars retrograde in light of professional sports. Two of my friends that are joining me today, Kip and Spencer, I'm going to be calling up onto the feed in just a second. Um, we are all, you know, closet astrology sports nerds, which means that we like to look at how the astrology is impacting our favorite sports teams athletes that we follow and stuff like that. And a, long, a couple of years ago, the three of us were talking about doing something like this and then COVID happened and lives were pretty busy. I think it was Mars conjoining Uranus over the summer. And we we're like, hey, should we try this again? And let's get together and just make a fun bonus episode here and there looking at the astrology of sports, I mean, we're looking at the transits, and, but how they may apply in particular to the charts of famous athletes and so on. So today, this is kind of a you know, a uh, a, a kind of a a pioneering episode, if you will, sort of a bonus episode. I hope you guys will enjoy it. I think 84% of my YouTube, my analytics on YouTube tells me that 84% of my audience is women. So, and you know, I would say there's a lot of women who are fans of sports, but if you are like not so into sports, another thought I had was like, hey, you know what? You're listening to your astrology channel. Maybe your husband, maybe your boyfriend, maybe, uh, you know, maybe your brother, maybe someone you know will be, you know, super interested in it. And this is also maybe a a fun way of building some bridges to more of the male audience out there. I would love to see more men getting into astrology. And so I thought, hey, you know, this might be a way of reaching a little different audience as well, which, you know, maybe it'll be uh, interesting to people out there. Secretly, I'm hoping that Tom Brady watches this and then decides to come on the show. But... (laughs) <laughs> you never know. Mars is about to go retrograde. Crazier things have happened. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Share your comments in the comment section. Click the notification bell for updates. You can always find a transcript of my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com. we right now, you can also check out uh, my new program, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, which begins on November 12th. New program, new enrollment period. There are need-based tuition scholarships if you need to need that as, as a way of making the class affordable for you. Um, so be sure to check that out uh early so that you can um take advantage of it. We have a limited number of those that we give out every year. So um, you know, if you are interested, apply right away. Make sure you take advantage of that while it's still there. All right. Well, without further ado, I'm gonna call onto the feed my buddies Kip and Spencer Michaud. Uh Spencer is um an astrologer. Kip is also an astrologer, has had uh, done podcast work in the past on Kip's podcast, the basement astrologers. Um it was back in like was it 2016 or 17 or i don't remember
1: it might have been 17 if you're talking about the election
0: yeah we were look i think we were looking at election astrology or something Mm. like that yeah and then spencer uh has been you guys have seen spencer come on my youtube channel multiple times before and i've done work on his channel so it's good to have both of you here today thanks for uh, coming to talk about the astrology of sports thanks for having us
2: it's a pleasure thank you
0: so I feel like the place to start, um, and I was telling you guys this before we got in here, was like, let's start with, we have a big, long Mars retrograde this year um, into 2023. In fact, Mars entered Gemini in August of 2022. It's going to stay there until March. It has a long retrograde from about Halloween through the middle of January. I think the general question I wanted to start with is what does a Mars retrograde I mean, we've we've I've covered the significations, archetypal significations of Mars retrograde. You know, for just the average person. But what does it mean for the in, you know professional sports industry? For baseball, basketball, football, hockey, uh, Olympians, whatever the case might be. Is it you know I've I've heard this stereotype out there. It's like it's oh, it must just mean that people are going to have a really off year, or that you know really bad things are going to happen for people, especially you know those athletes who are Gemini's or something like that. Mars going to be retrograde in Gemini. I don't think it's that simple i know you guys don't think it's that simple so maybe we could just start by trying to provide some um some gradation here what what kinds of things could mars retrograde signify for professional athletes or for the professional sports world in general outside of just uh things will suck
1: you know my my initial thought when i think of mars retrograde is more Uh, I think the the classic example is the painting of Guernica, uh, the slaughter during World War II uh, during a battle and a bombing in an Italian city. And the notion isn't that uh, battles and slaughters don't happen during war events. It was that this was so horrific that it was really kind of a a tentpole uh, of atrocities committed during the war. And in that light, what I think we're going to see is if... Uh, it's a place where we're going to see a scrap at the end of a game or during a game. It's going to not be two guys. It's going to be six guys. Um, If there are folks who are verbose on the field and maybe like to express themselves and get under other guys' skins, I think we're going to see more of that. Um, You know, but on the flip side, I, I, I think of a lot of these professional athletes, especially in contact sports kind of as race cars. And if there's a Mars, um, retrograde theme. I think if it's hitting uh, personal planets, they can kind of signify individuals. I think uh, oftentimes the theme I get is race cars and, um, and it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You're just revving the engine hotter.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's a nice way of looking at it. So it has, it has like, it gives some exclamation point to the athlete when it's hitting a personal planet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I have I, have, uh, I think that Mars is going to be drawing upon the resources of mercury to use as weapons of war and um, mercury is all about commerce it's all about communication um it's all about options i think and ambiguity questions i think that i was thinking that you know i agree with kip that that i think people are going to use their words as weapons uh you might see a lot more people voicing their displeasure in the media and creating more um, more challenging like controversy in that way. I think contract negotiations could get really like ugly potentially um, between organizations and the players. Um, I think that Mars and Gemini for me also represents a proliferation of options and it's asking some of these athletes and everyone in general to cut away and make a choice and say, let's eliminate some of these choices. So there may be some challenges with trying to eliminate choice. Um, I also think that if we think about it just in traditional dignity, we do have to look at like people who have prominent placements in Gemini, like Gemini sons. like Josh Allen is someone that comes to mind that has a Gemini son that's a pretty prominent NFL quarterback. Uh, we've got people like Aries and Scorpio folks that may be feeling this quite a bit as well because that is the ruler of their sun and how they shine their light so we've got oh geez Scorpio quarterbacks we've got a Jimmy Garoppolo out there that's um, the first person that comes to mind so those are just two yeah. names that popped into my head about figuring out who could be dealing with this um, Brady has a Mars in Gemini so I think that there's something that, that could be happening um, with this as well
0: yeah it's interesting like um you know i mean just to before we get really into the weeds here uh, i was thinking about jimmy garoppolo as i was looking at some of the charts and kip was excuse me spencer actually made a spreadsheet for us prior to the show which had like all of the quarterbacks in the nfl their birth information that was available if not you know whatever was available along with their perfection years it was like I was I was nerding out so hardcore. It was like Christmas when that arrived in my inbox Spencer. that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. But I was like thinking about it. And you know, for example, the, the 49ers are going with their you know n- new rookie quarterback Trey Lance, and um, you know, so he's a Minnesota uh kid. If I maybe it's North Dakota. No, he played at North Dakota, but I think he's from Minnesota. Marshall. Yeah, Marshall, Minnesota, right. So you know, he's supposed to be starting for the 49ers, but they end up signing Garoppolo as a very expensive backup, which is kind of like an insurance policy. Well, he's going to get, he's a Scorpio. The eclipse at the end of October, October 25th is a new moon, uh, you know, solar eclipse in Scorpio followed shortly after that by the dispositor Mars turning retrograde. Could that not signify a return to the starting position? That was one of the things that I thought of, you know, kind of like, there's so many little things like that where, you can't just look at mars retrograde and say oh well, it's going to be a, a setback for an athlete because it just it often will a retrograde of any planet will just mean a reversal or a, a, a very interesting turn of circumstance and it really depends on what planet it's hitting and what the context is of that athlete and their team and and so many other things so i think we do have some really good examples though i have a few that i think examples of players and we're looking specifically today we're going to sort of focus on the NFL season since it's starting this week and um and so forth but I think in future episodes I'd love to get into other you know like NBA is fascinating to me as well and so we'll get into other sports too but I think the main point we wanted to start with is just that you can't just come up with this blanket statement that a Mars retrograde is going to be difficult for an athlete totally I think um, that's right
2: yeah do you want do you want to hear the other um the other quarterbacks that are mars ruled yeah no yeah let's yeah go for it so i'm just going down the spreadsheet list (laughs) which which was uh total total nerding out it was uh super fun i got super excited when you asked us to do this because and um, try to get as much data as possible so we've got marcus mariota for the atlanta falcons who is a scorpio son um we have baker mayfield who's an aries son who Mm. i believe won the starting job in carolina recently over sam darnold jupiter year for him too it would be there you go so he's got an entirely new start here um we've got let's see what else i'm just going down the list here matt uh no not matt ryan he is a no matt ryan is a is a taurus sorry okay so i'm kind of getting all my bearings here we've got derek Uh Carr who is an Aries this year, who has a new shiny new toy And Devonte Adams. Sorry
0: awesome. for your loss. <laughs> Spencer's a Packers fan. Kip and I are Vikings fans, so we have a good rivalry within our trio here.
2: Yes, the, the creative tension, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, we also have, uh, let's see, there's a couple more here. I'm going down the list. Drew Locke from Seattle is a Scorpio.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh,
2: and then... I think that's it. There's there's actually not a ton of Scorpio um, Aries quarterbacks, which is fascinating to me. There's there's a lot of Mercury ruled quarterbacks, which I thought was really interesting.
0: Has Drew Locke won the starting job or is it going to um, Gino Smith?
2: Uh, Kip, what do you think? That's where where is it at?
0: As a
1: resident Washingtonian, um, it uh, Gino won the, the job. Um, so that's an interesting example, you know, using your Jimmy G example look for that uh, station and that retrograde. And maybe that's the time um, that for whatever reason, Drew gets a chance um, yeah. to get the ball.
0: I suspect overall this season, I mean, even, you know, just, it could be that it's, it. I guess Spencer was alluding to that, you know, that because Jupiter is in Aries, uh, Mars rule quarterbacks may have an edge this year or may have a little boost, especially those with Aries pl- placements, sun, moon, Mars, something like that. But then, You also think whatever Mars is, whatever big like big league-wide news in the NFL is likely to break this year is probably coming after the Scorpio eclipse and after Mars turns retrograde, like late October through mid November. To me, those series of weeks, you got to imagine there's going to be some big breaking news, or maybe I'm not knock on wood. I don't want to wish this upon anyone, but some significant injuries to key players, or Uh, big contract negotiations. I feel like the NFL is not huge on trades. Like, I feel like it's not like the NBA where a trade deadline is really exciting in the NFL. It it feels like it's meh with the, with the trade deadline. But
2: although recently we've had, we've seen a lot more blockbuster trades in the NFL since the wide receiver market got reset. Um, And I
1: like that. Maybe this is the year that those trade, the trade deadline actually happens in the NFL. It's always a big uh, talker, you know, but it
2: yeah, we've never had like trade deadline things but in the offseason for this year in particular we had some some mega trades in the NFL like Devontae yeah.
0: Adams like Tariq Hill Yeah I feel like the I feel like you know post Super Bowl all the way up to the draft is that the NFL has learned to make money on that part of the year like it's <laughs> it's amazing and it, they're really good at hyping I just feel like in season it's not like the NBA trade deadline in season where you might get some uh, veterans like who have been bought out, who are just sitting at home and they could go and, you know, land on the bucks or the, you know, some contending team and really shift the balance. I feel like in the NFL, you, you probably because the systems are so you need that training camp process and it just doesn't, but you know, if, if it were to be a year where you were to see some really big trades, wouldn't it make sense that you would have that as Mars retrograde during the trade deadline?
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. And with the proliferation of the uh, McVay offense, there's so many coaches in the league now that kind of come from the same place that maybe some of those skill position players make more sense. Whereas in the past they didn't as much. And maybe what we're going to see is kind of a revving up of of this notion. In the past, it's really been guys who have been pass rushers, um, people that can fit into a really specialized role that might move during the season, whereas those guys like uh, wide receivers, even running backs, to a large extent, you're coming to a whole. It's you know, it's like learning a, a brand new language and then going out in the field and performing. It's it's just a really high bar to set for folks.
2: Yeah, I don't think you see franchises dumping people like they do in baseball, like in the NFL either. Yeah, um, you know, I think that. the the nfl is unique because it has different positional value so like for example if you have a quarterback that's really great that gives you a huge advantage over like say you've got a i don't know what is a less important position actually probably running back at this point because there's a lot more running backs that you can get that are more kind of a dime a dozen right so i think that there's been a shift to people valuing um, wide receivers in particular, a lot higher than they have in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. and and we saw this in the NFL draft recently too, where there was a huge run on NFL wide receivers in the first couple rounds, because the, like I said, the financial market for them got, got skyrocketed way up into their silly, yes, crazy money for these wide receivers now. So anytime you're trying to build a team, you're trying to get the most bang for your buck and these franchises are learning that they can draft cheap talent high in the draft instead of having to spend a huge portion of their salary cap on, you know, a wide receiver that they'd have to trade for and give up like multiple first round picks for. Right. And right. and I'll be I would be remiss to say if I didn't mention the final Aries Uh, quarterback for our new york audience which is daniel jones so uh, i know that he's taken a beating
1: uh over his first few years but maybe this is the year that daniel big year for him too contract year good good one
0: yeah who who does he have behind him oh geez now you're saquon
1: barkley's healthy for now i have yeah i
0: I was just thinking like does he have any real quarterback competition behind him this year but i'm guessing no and who's the new coach from Buffalo? What's his name again? Dabo? Is that his name? No, no, no. That's the, uh, oh, Dable. Yeah, D- yeah, yeah. The other one's the uh, coach of Clemson, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, Dabo Sweeney.
0: Yeah, I was He's like got a cushy, mixing them cushy up.
1: Cushy job. <laughs> He's not going anywhere.
0: If I knew, like, if I was a big enough college football fan, we could extend this into college. But, well, let's get into some of our predictions. Because we each took some time to do some research and make some tangible predictions. Kip, if you guys out there are fantasy football players, Kip has some booms and busts of the year. Um, I think we'll start with those. And I will just tell you that um, the the thing about this is that, you know, fantasy foot, like, actually, people are... In the NFL, and I was listening to this on a podcast the other day that I listened to, people actually pay attention to the amount that there's a huge like submarket of uh data and analytics that go into the fantasy football world, especially because it's so involved with betting. And so a lot of that is actually being capitalized on by teams in terms of how they expect players to perform it's like it's not like the big thing but it's that actually people pay attention to fantasy football in in terms of how they think players will perform on some level um so this list i think would even if you're not a fantasy football you don't play this list could also tell you about player performance in the year right
1: i i definitely think it can and i think one of these is going to be disappointed disappointing for you um i'm actually going to switch my chart um, so I, I have a couple examples, and my first example is... Is this bus uh, or booms? These are going to be the bus first.
0: Okay, let's go um,
1: And I apologize to people because of the busyness of this chart. Did you have it up? Oh, I got to click the share. I'm sorry, folks, I'm still learning how, uh, how the software works. So I did a deep dive into fantasy football, and I took a couple years off of playing and went back to it. Um, and this kind of, uh, being reached out to, and, uh, and also being doing my research for the draft, um, made this, uh, something that was prescient to me. And what I learned during my research was guys that got hurt or had down years. So what I I looked at was kind of the top 20 guys in average draft position. And then I compared them to the top 60 performers. And if one of those guys, an average draft position kind of in the top 10, especially didn't show up in that top 60 ish range. um, I highlighted that and I took a look at the transits. Now I didn't count quarterbacks. Uh, We talked a little bit about positional value and that's even more important in fantasy football because quarterbacks rack up points very easily. Um, So even, you know, your 20th best quarterback is is in the top 40 easily in fantasy points what i saw and i you know that i didn't want to beat everyone over the head with charts what i saw was if you have uh saturn and Uranus either in your personal chart or um the uh a hard angle between the two was hitting a personal planet and then any kind of Mars transit. So it could be a, you know, what's quote unquote a good transit, a trine or a a sextile to a personal planet. Um, That was kind of the trigger. And Jonathan Taylor, the guy who was thought to be the number one pick in all of fantasy football, um, I'm going to quick move ahead to the 11th, which is the first day of the year. You will see that, um, and this isn't a time chart, I apologize, but you'll see that the Saturn-Uranus- Square, and this is not the first time this has happened. By the way, 2016, we had a Saturn Uranus square on the first day of the league year, and then that was one of the years where when you saw it hit a personal planet, and here we have it hitting right onto Venus, and also um, Uranus is hitting other planets exactly, hitting uh, Mercury. You then um, we will see and um, and you see that especially early in the year. Um, some of the days of the of the league uh, year and I unfortunately I'm not predicting this, but I, you know, I'm crossing my fingers for Jonathan Taylor on the first day of the year when he has uh, the transiting sun hitting uh, Uranus as well. I hope you got if if people are paying attention, I'm not getting too specific, but this is a trine to the sun. This is the Saturn Uranus square hitting Venus. The other thing that I think is particularly potent here. Um, that I'm going to tell you, I didn't see, um, specifically as, uh, an indicator, but one of the things we look at when we look at potentially life-changing events is Pluto. I think anyone who's familiar with astrology knows that when Pluto comes around, um, there's often giant life changes, um, things that can be really challenging, And what we're going to see here is with this Mars retrograde first, at the the beginning of the year, we have an opposition within three degrees of transiting Mars to the natal Pluto. We're going to see Mars go up here and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this again, stop at about 25 and come back and then hit that Pluto again. So throughout the entire year, uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to have Mars, transiting Mars in an opposition, a challenging aspect to his natal Mercury and... Where Jonathan Taylor's son, natal sun is is going to be very close um, to Pluto. Um, what I'm going to say from and square, square and yeah. triggering his natal uh, Saturn Mars opposition. So yeah. lots of Pluto, lots of Pluto, lots of Pluto, um, along with um, this square hitting. Um, his chart. And I'll tell you that in my draft had the third pick, somehow the guy that was supposed to go first was available for me at the third pick. And I didn't take him. I passed on a, what often would be considered a slam dunk.
0: I'm so you're, you're, so Jonathan Taylor would be one of your busts of the year because these transits you're saying, would probably have an adverse effect on his performance or year somehow.
1: 100%. And I'm not going to predict an injury or right. whatever. Cause that's just not something I want to do. Yeah. I feel you. So I did. Oh, I got to reshare. I apologize again. Um, This is the second one I saw that really was indicative of uh, potentially negative um, results. And unfortunately, this is Delvin Cook, the running back of the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I feel like he's injured every year, man.
1: (laughs) It's, uh, you know, it makes it uh, easier to consider him someone who might get hurt. But as you see, um, Saturn's hitting him in two different ways. Uh, we have um, the square. Oh, can,
0: you, can you maximize the chart? Oh, yeah. Um, I, oh,
1: I, uh, I did not share correctly. Let me stop sharing. See.
0: I hope I'm not messing this up for everyone. No, you're fine. You're fine. This is the first time for all of us. We're just... Getting used to the controls.
1: Oh, windows. Here we go.
0: This should do it. We do have some running back depth in Minnesota. So if he does get injured again. (laughs) That part's good. Um,
1: So here, just really quickly, because we don't have to belabor this, but we see um, the Saturn uh, Uranus square. And in Mm -hmm. this is Delvin's sun. Uh, which I would say from what I saw, if we could get the sun in here, unfortunately without time charts, you're not getting the moon as much. Um, However, Delvin's natal moon, as far as this untimed charts concerned, is pretty far into. So this is 12. I, I always use 12 p.m. right in the middle of the day. This is pretty far into Aquarius, which tells me that it's a better than average chance that Delvin Cook has an Aquarius moon, which means Delvin Cook's moon is going to be uh, making contact with this Mars retrograde at, the, in no, if in no other way than it's um, by Trine, by whole house Trine. But also Delvin Cook's Mars is trining his natal, or the, the transiting Mars is going to trine Delvin Cook's natal Mars multiple times. And keep in mind what I found is that when we have a Mars aspect, a transiting Mars aspect in the chart, whether that be... Uh, a Mars return. In fact, a couple of different individuals who did get hurt, I saw that Mars was entering um, those places in the chart where, uh, where Mars was in the, when the natives nativity Um, that, that that was the trigger point. That was the couple week period where the injury either, uh, you know, went from a sprained ankle to ligament damage out for the year kind of thing. And so again, here we're seeing um, this Saturn Uranus, the number one thing we're looking for as far as the charts I looked at from five or six years hitting uh, one of the sect lights, the sun we're seeing Mars um, impact the natal Mars. And those are the big triggers. We could point out some other things. Uh, we have uh, Neptune hitting the natal Saturn. Um, I did see a bunch of Neptune in these charts. I didn't want to go. You know, I didn't want to bring up every aspect I saw, but if in this point, in uh in cook's career he gets hurt and misses time or has a down year at the point of his contract he's going to enter a time where his stability is foggy you know Mm -hmm. he's not going to know where he's going to be next year he's not necessarily going to have a contract and that is a classic uh saturn neptune uh transit it's just the the structures underneath your feet are just not firm and you don't necessarily know what's going on. So that's what I saw. Those are the two bus charts. I feel I looked at a lot of charts. I saw, you know, I didn't look at Mars retrograde necessarily as a indicator in and of itself, but you definitely saw it hit those triggers and impact when we saw some of the personal planets get hit. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because there's already a lot of buzz around the Twin Cities, Vikings media anyway, that, you know, the likelihood that Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the new analytics driven general manager, um, is he the first black general manager too in the league? I, I can't remember.
1: Uh, he is not. Uh, there was the Ravens had a long-term one in Ozzie Newsome, who's really okay. was one of the best general managers in the league. And there was another analytics general manager who's African-American who worked for the Browns, and uh, Quasi actually worked for him for a time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that like he's definitely but that's like, not many he, considering the league's no, like eighty percent African. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like oh, yeah. it's some small modicum of progress is my point. And but Quasi's a a very analytics driven person, and I don't think he's going to be down with handing Dalvin Cook another major contract. He probably thought that the la- I I would guess his thinking is don't pay oh don't overpay a running back when like they just picked up a in the fifth round in Ty Chandler there's it just seems to me like the likelihood that it, it, everything's pointing in that direction anyway it seems like yeah. so well, how yeah that is, would, how would make is sense cook now
1: 2526
0: he's, okay. he's coming up on a Saturn return in Pisces it's at 23 <laughs> Pisces so that would be 26 I think I think right? there's
2: there's probably a pretty good rule of thumb in the NFL where you you probably don't want to give an NFL running back it's it, a third contract. Like a second, count, very rare, maybe right. But you don't want to be the one holding the bag on the the short shelf life. Honestly, that NFL running backs have. I mean, when they hit their set and return, that it's a lot more likely that they're going to start getting worn down because they're taking a beating. It's not like uh, an NFL quarterback now who's protected and can play well into their late 30s. An NFL running back has a shelf life. Right.
1: Right. So reliant on your knees and your ankles and your hips, uh, things that just when you're running hard, even if you're just a runner, if you're a, a marathon runner, you know, eventually those parts wear out.
0: If I remember correctly too, Dalvin Cook's average games per year, since he's been with the Vikings has average number of games he's missed per year has been like four or five. And I, like, that's a lot, you know, 100%
2: I uh, believe you in Libra in that chart, he's, Is that what I was saying
0: so he has yeah board, it was yeah. mars and libra wasn't it yeah yes the jupiter opposition is interesting like i feel like having jupiter and aries opposite that mars could galvanize something but um yeah the saturn stuff is hard like that's 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 really tough it, yeah. it's
1: funny i didn't necessarily see jupiter transits as a savior um but I did uh, see them show up when people have successful years, especially really hitting pinnacles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, for example, if you guys want, I can just pull up one such example that I have on hand. Um, So this is the, uh, this is the chart of Kirk cousins, the Vikings quarterback Um, in 2010, when he won a share of the big 10 championship, Uh, At the as the quarterback of Michigan State, it was a Jupiter and Aries year for him and he has Mars and Aries. I don't believe you know, believe me as a Vikings fan, I do not expect much. (laughs) I feel like it's just disappointment. You know, this is a true thing. Minnesota Vikings are the winningest team in the NFL to have never won a championship. Wow and that you know they they they, you know i think we were like the seventh winningest team in the nfl history and one through 11 all has championships or some 12 (laughs) has championships and we don't so um but anyway he won the big 10 it's a jupiter year for him jupiter's going to be going over that mars during the playoffs so i thought you know could he get a, a a like a could there be a signature win beating the Rams on the road or something like that to advance to the NFC championship? I'm not saying you make the super bowl or anything, but could there be a really galvanizing moment for him with Jupiter on that Mars? Last time it was there, he had that again, the big share of the big 10 championship. So I do, I agree with, um, I can't remember now if it was Spencer or Kip, which one of you said it, but like it does seem to me like Jupiter over the Sun in Aries or the Mars in Aries, especially, could mark out some kind of accomplishment. Could it also be that he's just mentioned in the running of like the top three for MVP with a new McVay offense this year? Um, I think he's always underachieved. Like he's a great statistical quarterback who just hasn't had that like really big breakthrough season yet. Um, he's had some really big signature wins, but everyone feels like he chronically underperforms. So like, maybe that would be an example, but, um, anyway, Kip, let's go. If, if we can go a little bit more rapid fire to keep the pace, since we've got a bunch more to get through, uh, take us through really quickly your fantasy booms of the year. And then, um, I want to get Spencer on with a few things too. Am I on again? Yep. You're good. Ahead, we'll do. And,
1: uh, And these are much more classic examples. Um, So first I'm going to show Najee Harris. This is one of the booms. Um, There's been a lot. Najee's super talented running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers was a first round draft pick as a running back. And as Spencer's been pointing out rare, Mm -hmm. Um, what we're going to see with Najee is just uh, a lot of Jupiter hitting planets in a uh, benefic way, trining his son. And again, we talked about not having a time chart, but the sun is right, you know, past the first decan uh, in um, Leo here. So we're going to see uh, Jupiter's retrograde cycle. And again, I want to go fast, so I'm not going to animate it. But Jupiter's going to go back, tuck into Pisces where Nagy's, uh natal Jupiter is and Naje's son come back into Aries for the second half of the season hit all kinds of inner planets, especially this conjunction of Mercury and Mars. And so Mars taking action, the warrior Mercury oftentimes uh, thought of as, as controlling core uh, physical functions, hands, feet. Um, So you're going to have Jupiter over the top of this, Obvious uh point of dexterousness and drive, go back into a a pleasant place, a, a benefic place with the Natal Jupiter, then come back and hit the spot again. Um, yeah. so I just thought that was too on the nose. Um to not count. Here's the second one. Let's see if I can get it to come up right away. I don't think it worked like that last time. Um, this is Elvin Kamara. Elvin Kamara is a running back um who plays for the uh the Saints um Elvin's had some banged up years. Also Elvin had um the potential for being um suspended and it sounds like that's not going to happen. So maybe frankly uh Elvin uh just has that happen. But what we're going to see is uh in Elvin's case we have the natal Mars at 2 so there's going to be a Jupiter opposition with the natal Mars. Jupiter is going to make contact with by trine by a supportive benefic trine to elvin's natal sun three times so where jupiter's going to come back trying the sun a benefic uh angle go into pisces where where uh jupiter's very strong which is going to just only ben, uh, benefit um, jupiter's natal spot in sagittarius where Jupiter's very happy to be um, then uh jupiter's going to come back through and again trying uh the natal sun um so uh, with all that said, uh, I think lots of Jupiter for Elvin. Elvin needs a big year again to continue earning his paycheck, uh, which in some ways has been in question. Um, I, I think this looks good uh, for where Elvin is.
0: Any thoughts on either of these two? It, it is interesting to me that Neptune's going over Saturn and that the Mars station will be squaring that Saturn. I feel like his legal issues right now that the NFL is quote, not doing anything about, but like monitoring. I wonder if that comes up at all while, um, you know, I just feel like how many times have I seen people be deal with going to prison or being incarcerated or dealing with the law or something like that. When Neptune comes over Saturn, it has this weird, uh, I, I feel like often I see it when it's like, Oh, there's actual imprisonment involved, which I don't believe would be the case at all for him. But I, I don't think
2: Ajuta also recognize in this chart Mercury is about to retrograde over his natal Mars, which is in the sign of Libra, which can speak to having legal challenges as well.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Like I do, I would say that the, the like I would almost completely agree with this if it weren't for that question mark and what the what the Mars retrograde around the station point square to that Saturn might do. But otherwise, yeah.
1: That's, I have no argument with that at all. And the station point being of particular emphasis, because that is almost exactly at 90 degrees.
0: And, you know, the interesting part about that, though, is, you know, obviously Mars Saturn combinations can be extraordinarily productive too. And so could you see, uh, some kind of turning point in terms of his production picking up significantly, or I don't know. I mean, but it it's not, I'm not suggesting that it's, a. Uh, well, for sure, he's going to be suspended at some point, but that would be an interesting turning point to follow. I think. Great. Cool. Well, those were some really some really solid fantasy football advice. Um, I would love to, um, Spencer, want to talk about the uh, you want to talk about the Super Bowl or NFL quarterback perfection charts?
2: Why don't we continue the um, the player analysis? Uh, and then we can get to the Super Bowl chart. Um, yeah,
0: cool Yeah, um I might just throw out I've got two that are pretty quick. Why don't I just throw them out so I'll leave the rest of the time for you. Okay. So I just picked the breakout quarterback of the year and the worst quarterback of the year in the NFL this year based on uh, you know some transits that I was looking at. And but by breakout quarterback of the year, what I mean is that someone who really exceeds where they've been before or what you expect of them. So for example, no one would expect, uh, no one would expect, everyone would expect uh, Aaron Rodgers to be nominated for the MVP. Um, so, this is someone that I think will perform exceptionally well. Maybe they're considered uh, an MVP candidate. Maybe they take their team really deep into the playoffs. Maybe they have an incredible statistical year. They're the rave of the NFL. Doesn't necessarily mean they win the Super Bowl, but the, the quarterback that I'm looking at that has, to me, some really interesting uh, transits is Derek Carr. So let me, I think part of this is, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does. I was, I pulled up his chart because I was interested to see what he does with Devonte Adams on his team now. But if we look at it, um, mm. I, I love that this is not a time chart. So it's a 12 noon chart, but I love that he's got Jupiter going over the exalted sun in Aries. Um, I love that Pluto is for a long period squaring his natal Mercury in Aries Um, Mercury being a planet that was associated with, uh, sports and athletics, Pluto being something that I feel like at times can be, this is the last part of a Pluto dynamic for him. And last year as Pluto was squaring Mercury, his, he really had a very good year and the team had, they, they exceeded expectations and so forth. And they also went through a lot of drama with, um, Gruden as their coach. So I thought it was really interesting to see like Jupiter's hitting that sun in Aries, exalted sun in Aries. He's finishing up his Saturn return um, during this season. Uh, Pluto is squaring Mercury in Aries. He's got Mars in Gemini natally. So it feels like a really big turning point for his natal Mars in Gemini. Um I looked at all of those things together and I just thought, yeah, this, it feels like a year where he could really perform well. Jupiter's going to be trining his natal Jupiter. Um, Just seemed like there's something popping about his chart that, you know, for me was um, really impressive. So I kind of looked at his chart and said, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a really dynamic year. I don't know exactly what that means, but it feels like he could be one of the shining stars of the NFL. And he's another quarterback often statistically like compared or in the same bin as like Kirk Cousins, like middle of the pack. And I feel like he could rise up to more of like a top 10, top eight, top seven quarterback in the NFL this year, maybe take his team deeper in the playoffs, knock off someone like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, something like that.
2: You know, this brings to mind Matthew Stafford's journey last year. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, and I I think a lot about quarterbacks that have some prominent, um, well placed Saturn placements or Saturn ruled planets. Stafford was an Aquarius that had a really strong Saturn in his chart. And oftentimes success comes later in the career for those folks as well. So, yeah, having a really domicile, you know, powerful Saturn in Derek Carr's chart as he's hitting the Saturn return, maybe he starts to get the respect that he deserves for being a little bit better than people would think now that he actually has some help where Stafford was stuck with the, with the lions for quite some
1: time. Right. Yeah. I really like this chart um, kind of in the same way. I liked the Kirk cousins chart. Um, One of the comparisons between Carr and cousins has been, these are guys that play it safe, that play for the paycheck, that get the big, numbers but don't necessarily stand in tough and win the big game. And uh, here we're going to see during that crunch time of the year uh, that Mars station almost right on top of Derek Carr's natal Mars. And if what we need from him is to put his nose down or stand in there and take a hit to complete that pass to win the game, um, this might be that added kick in the pants that he needs. And it and for him, this is much like Cousins. Uh, he is in contract extension time, um, so a big uh, you know, a big November for him um, really could extend his career as a starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, on that note, just to keep pace here because uh, we are on a little bit of a time crunch today, I'm going to just tell you who I think the worst quarterback of the year is going to be by transit. I mean, and this could be, there could be statistically worse quarterbacks or quarterbacks that lose more, but kind of who is the shining dud? not to be not to be mean but it's like who really looks like they might have the hurt coming and i've got carson wentz Mm -hmm. um now when carson wentz chart the things that stand out to me are first of all he has a fallen mars that's retrograde natally Mm -hmm. um i don't think that plays well for a mars retrograde if you have a messed up like more of a debilitated mars uh that that worries me a little bit um i i'm like looking at that and I also notice that the retrograde Mars is going to be going right over the South Node. Typically, not a, a great thing uh, for the South Node to be activated, and the station points really close to his Moon. Mars Moon combinations to me are not great when it comes to, say, injuries, health, the body. Um, so I look at those things and I think, oh gosh, you know that that just looks that looks a little bit rough. Um, it's a uh, the other thing that came to my mind is, you know, he's underperformed for a while. He's had real ups and downs. Um, and you know, he's had been almost like it was either in the MVP race or it was a couple of years ago and then was injured and then sort of was never back to peak form, was doing really well with the Colts last year. And then sort of just really biffed his performance was awful right down the stretch when they needed him the most, he gets traded from the Colts to the commanders, So now it's with the Commanders. He's also got Neptune going over the moon and squaring Mercury. I just, I can't see in that combination of moon, square, Mercury. He's also, I've heard it through podcasts that I listen to that behind the scenes, he's not the easiest person to get along with. It doesn't have great locker room presence. So I'm looking at Mercury, you know, Neptune over the moon and squaring Mercury with the retrograde Mars squaring Mercury. And like the Philly media is brutal. Um, you know, the so maybe it, it helps him getting away from that, but I almost feel like the Philly media put a curse on him now. And, I, uh, like, and, and, you know, no matter where he goes, I feel like there's a little bit of this, um almost like i can't get away from what people think about me well, like he's like it's in his head or something he didn't
2: go to the most functional of organizations either. right yeah exactly <laughs>
0: and he goes to the commanders which is like you know the the dumpster fire of the NFL right now for sure not you know there's probably lots of wonderful people there but as far as the owners concerned and yeah so i just look at this with the mars station in the square to neptune uh, to the moon neptune on the moon neptune square mercury with a fallen you know retrograde mars and i just go like oh this I can't see it working out well. He's in a Saturn return. It it would really, I'd love to see where it actually was in his chart, you know, um, because maybe that Saturn return is um, a little bit more like, you know, maybe it's a little bit more positive, but I I just kind of have a bad feeling about this chart as I look at those transits.
1: And the Uranus uh, is going to square the natal Saturn too, which is one of those trigger points that I definitely saw in my researches is something you were not always looking forward to.
0: Right, right. Um, and Spencer, you are going to take us home here. I want to mention one more small thing sure. that might be of interest, which is Lamar Jackson's chart. Uh, Lamar Jackson's chart is, you know, here's the thing about this chart. his If I understand this correctly, if you guys know more about this, tell me if I'm wrong, but he does not have an agent. It's just him and his mother, as far as I've understood. When I th- it's his mom or his aunt, something like that. Some, yeah. I think it was, I, I, yeah, I thought it was interesting that the moon and Venus are conjoined. Wouldn't that make sense for joining with your aunt or your mother in business dealings? Um, and isn't it interesting that the lot of fortune is also in an exact square with that combination? And of course, the Mars is going to oppose those two planets. The station point will almost exactly oppose those two planets, squaring the lot of fortune Um, he's got a fallen Jupiter that Pluto's just plopping down on all the way through December. So I I look at that and I go, Oh man, you know, I think he's in a, in a year where what, if I understand correctly, it's kind of like, you don't want to get injured this year. This would be a really bad year to get injured for him because he's in a contract year. And if he's playing hardball because he wants the contract of Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, the guys who are setting the market super high right now, the problem is that if he holds out thinks banks on his own performance refuses all the advice not to play in a year like this when if you get injured that value of the next contract probably goes down a huge amount of money i mean he'll still make a lot of money but it would probably go down considerably then i'm looking at this and being like don't bet on yourself this year even though i think he's a phenomenal quarterback and i i i feel probably as much as he does that there's a ruthlessness and that you should take care of yourself you know but Still, I'm like Neptune's coming into a square with that Venus and Moon. Uh, that will that will show you maybe some of the shadows of being overly attached to mom or aunt, potentially, right? The 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 Mars opposing Venus and the Moon as it stations. You know, I just look at that with Pluto also sitting down on the fallen Jupiter and Capricorn, and I think. Look, if there's any planet that could indicate that your worth is completely devalued because of a corporation that takes advantage of you when you get injured, it would be a fallen Jupiter, wouldn't it? Mm. So, I mean, I look at this and I go, man, I hope I hope he gets a deal done relatively soon and doesn't go into the season. And then we see some of these transits play out in terms of an injury that takes his value down.
2: There's definitely some hubris that comes in with a fallen Jupiter, Jupiter too, you know,
0: valuing right. the material uh, over the spiritual on some
1: level so potent with uh, Jupiter transiting that natal uh, Jupiter, Mars, or uh, sorry, Saturn, Mars opposition three times too. I mean, this is really, you, you found maybe the biggest brew of any chart we're going to see for the day. Locked yeah.
0: Up. Yeah. I mean, I looked at, I was just looking through it. I wanted to look at his chart just because I just feel, I feel for him like he's an incredible quarterback and I feel like mobile African-American quarterbacks are just classically devalued or they have been traditionally like Michael Vick or, you know, like, and it's like, um, you know, I mean, there was someone in the draft. I remember being like, well, Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver. You know, it's like they there's, they're always getting the short end of the stick and I don't want to see that happen to him. I guess that's my fear. I'm going
1: to make sure we name and shame Bill Pullian. He is the gentleman that said that. So let's. uh, Is he the (laughs) one? Yeah. 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 Let's cast derision towards him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Spencer, take us home now. You have a bunch of stuff to share too. Which one do you want to start with? Yeah. Let's um
2: let's pull up um, a few annual perfection charts for the, the few time charts that we actually have in the NFL. So we have three time charts for NFL quarterbacks. Um, we have Aaron Rodgers. We have Tom Brady and... Russell Wilson can you all see that on the screen so we got Aaron
0: Rodgers up right now
2: yes we're starting with Aaron Rodgers chart and one of the things that I was looking at in my fancy spreadsheet (laughs) that I made was something called an annual perfection year and basically what that means is that a certain house in a chart is activated at your birthday so one thing I was kind of starting to look at was what house was activated for these players and what kind of themes may be associated with that. And because we have a time chart, we have a planet that is called a Time Lord. And when we look at the condition of that planet, that can tell us a lot about the year that they may experience moving forward. So for example, in Aaron Rodgers' chart, we he is going to be starting the year in a third house perfection, which is Cancer, and it is ruled by the moon in exile. So I think it's going to be a bumpy start for Aaron Rodgers. He, of course, has – he lost his favorite receiver in, in Devontae Adams. He has a number of rookies and, and new players in the wide receiver room right now. I think it's going to be uh, some frustration for him in the beginning of the season, unfortunately. Um, but I will say that once he moves into the fourth house perfection, which is ruled uh, by the – which is on the cusp of the sign Leo – He's going to move into an annual perfection year that will be ruled by uh, the sun in Sagittarius. So, uh, uh, and one thing I'm looking at here, and I'm not making any huge predictions one way or the other with him, but I think that he, he will improve uh, his station once he hits his birthday on December 2nd because he will be having a planet that isn't necessarily in its exile anymore, although it's not in, a, in as much of a favorable house. The only thing that I'm worried about at his solar return on December second, 2022 is that the Ascendant uh, is very close to another Mars and Libra and is conjoining Mars and Libra in his sixth house. So there's an overlap in his solar return house with the sixth house, which is traditionally associated with injury and illness. So I'm a little bit nervous that he might get hurt uh, after the, um, his birthday. And that there's we were talking about Scorpio Aries quarterbacks. And one of the ones that we've we neglected to mention because he's not a starter is Jordan Love. Jordan Love is a Scorpio quarterback, which so we may be seeing him play some kind of role in the Mars retrograde potentially as well. Okay.
0: So it's and- interesting. Uh, I, I just want to mention on the side that I was looking at his chart and when he was working with ayahuasca, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, interesting to me. He has all sorts of controversy in his personal life, right? And I'm just as an aside, I think it's really fascinating that you've got some really strong Neptune activation going on his chart the past couple of years as he's gotten into things like the Pancha Karma cleanse, ayahuasca retreats he pursued a homeopathic version of immunization rather than taking the vaccine and then sort of was deceptive about it. Very Neptunian, like all surrounding this kind of religious spiritual stuff he's been into. And I I looked at that and like, just because someone who drank ayahuasca and he's like on Joe Rogan, you know, talking about his ayahuasca journey. And I was like, it's got to be a Neptune transit. So I looked it up and, you know, sure enough.
1: And his new tattoo that he uh, said, you could only understand if you understood astrology.
2: Yeah, he has, he has astrological symbols. Like
0: Aaron, that. if you're listening to this, you are welcome on the show at any point, See because we, we'd love to talk to you. Spencer's a Green Bay Packers diehard fan. We are Vikings fans, but you're welcome. I promise <laughs> to be nice. <laughs> I would love to talk to a, an NFL person who's drank ayahuasca. That's that's it for me.
2: Oh, and it seems from that tattoo that Aaron's into <laughs> astronomy. It, it sounds like he's got a, a new relationship with uh, someone who is into the spiritual uh, community, um, I believe. She goes yeah. blue of earth. Uh, and um, so I think, you know, maybe he'd be amenable to to chatting about the astrological, you know, <laughs> ins and outs of an NFL season. So I,
0: I will tell you, as an aside, Spencer, that I listen to a lot of pot sports podcasts uh, of, about the Vikings. So I hear a lot about the Packers. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many people rip him for drinking ayahuasca like he's a crazy person. And that has I didn't I didn't ever have like a love or hate thing about Aaron Rodgers, but it has made me sympathize with him a little bit more because i'm like these people who are ripping him for doing something that is really deeply transformational for many people and probably had some very positive impact on his life as it did for me are have no idea what they're talking about it's you know it's, it's frustrating
2: i think it has he seemed much more at peace since he's gone through that experience um he had a lot of challenges with the packers organization in the last few years Uh, with feeling disrespected that he didn't have a voice in the room. There was a lot of talk that he would be asked to be traded and things like that. And after his ayahuasca experiences, it seemed like he was able to come to some kind of place of centeredness and peace. Um, You know, he did have the controversial vaccine types of things, which I personally found disappointing. But I think that it's one of those things where um, he seems to have moved on from that and come out of it Fairly okay. Like I think that in his mind, he's at a place of peace and centeredness, and I think that people are feeling that in the Packers organization, and they're seeing him kind of uh, be a team player
0: more so. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's going to get nuttier as Neptune reaches up to uh, Mercury and Neptune natally. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs>
2: I, you know, and there was one funny thing that I was seeing with him that. Uh, another quarterback who's gotten into like medicinals uh, is what's his name, Jake Plummer from the from the Denver Broncos. Oh and really? Okay. Yeah. Jake Plummer is uh, is also a Sagittarius. I don't know if he has a similar you know aspect with Neptune or whatnot, but um, he is growing like. Reishi mushrooms and you know medicinal mushrooms. As he's got a big company now, where he has warehouses full of these mushrooms, and you know him and Aaron Rodgers have started communicating. So I wonder if they'll they'll team up and uh, have a whatever, some kind of interesting side biz together. Um, Okay, so that's Aaron for the deal. One thing I did want to point out, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but I've just was looking one of the things I was looking at was just contacts with these particular players with the actual date of the Super Bowl. And we do see that Aaron Rodgers does have the North Node conjoining um, his ascendant right on the date of the Super Bowl. So that I thought that was something interesting just just to keep an eye on. He also will have Mars conjoining his North Node. Jupiter
0: opposite is Mars too. Wow.
2: So so this is one of the things I've been looking at as far as like who might potentially uh, be in the Super Bowl, and you can see that the Mars is right on the the IC of that chart as well. So I'm just looking for contacts, and because in my research I've seen that generally the players, the prominent players in the, in a Super Bowl, will have some connection with the starting time of the game itself. So
0: that's sorry to cut you off there, Spencer. Were you going to mention Jupiter's opposite his natal Mars? Yeah, I mean
2: that's pretty pretty powerful connection right there. Also, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I just, I just blurted it out like an astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> his
2: uh, The the descendant of the chart is conjoining his natal midheaven, so something oh, wow. visible happening there. Um, yeah. This is giving me at least a little bit of hope that maybe the Packers make the Super Bowl because uh-huh. they, they have a heck of a defense this year. Say what you will about the wide receiver room, but defense wins championships, and the Packers defense is something that I don't think they've had there in a very long time. Um, cool. So... So that's this Roger. chart
1: is bumming me out.
2: <laughs> as
0: Vikings fans. I know, as Vikings fans. <laughs>
2: trying, trying not to rub it in, you know. I, I was... <laughs> About never winning Super Bowl, and I had to bite my
1: tongue, you know, as a fan of Packers. (laughs) I show show you my running back ending his Vikings career, and you show me your quarterback winning the Super Bowl. That that is the Vikings Packers (laughs) dichotomy in a nutshell, right
0: there. Wide (laughs) left or fifty years of MVP quarterback play.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Those here <laughs> uh, and, and Jordan Love looked okay in the preseason, so I, you know, that, I think that would break Vikings fans in the future if we got, like, a third, like, good no. quarterback,
1: but um, no, we're already so, so beaten down, yeah,
2: fair, fair enough, and and I will say, in, in empathizing, I was a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks for a long time, too, and they were very, very bad for a long time um, before they actually <laughs> turned the corner. So one other player, I've got two other players real quick that I wanted to just kind of show you what would, because these are the other two time charts that we have. So Russell Wilson has a time chart, November 29th, 1988, 12.09 PM Eastern time in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he is going through a 10th house perfection this year, but moving to an 11th house perfection. So he will be starting off with Mars in Aries as his time Lord in a 10th house perfection, which generally can speak to some success, some visibility. And of course, he's starting his, uh, a new chapter of his career with the Denver Broncos after getting out of a difficult situation with the Seahawks. He has a, a fairly innovative offensive coordinator now that used to be the Packers, um, our head coach that was not the offensive coordinator of the Packers. So I, I think that he's going to start the season off really well. The issue becomes when he gets to the eleventh house. Uh, he his time lord switches to an exiled Jupiter retrograde, exiled Jupiter. Um, so I think that Russ might have some issues late in the season because his time lord is is really a, it it really is a a downgrade in his time lord ruling his chart, even though it is an eleventh house perfection, which still could could be positive. So that's Russ Wilson.
1: I really like this example um, because it really highlights the difference between some of the things I've been looking at with an untimed chart. Because with an untimed chart, what I'm seeing is that Mars, uh, I'm, his the natal Mars coming in contact later in the year with the Jupiter transiting back into Aries. Um, so, so this is going to be a good case study. I, I really like that.
2: Yeah, the other thing I was, you know, just kind of seeing if there's any important uh, contacts with the Super Bowl too. He does have Jupiter going over his natal Mars in that case, but Mars won't be his time lord anymore. So Mm -hmm. his time lord is uh, Jupiter over here, and Mars is going to be kind of grinding over it. I'm not getting the feeling that we will see Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. It's just not something that's like my instinct with this.
0: Especially, uh, I feel like, especially not when Saturn's opposing your moon like that, to me, that feels <laughs> so heavy.
2: Right. So not not a recipe for success. The final time chart that we have is, of course, everybody's favorite, uh, you know, va- vacationer, um, Tom Brady, who recently <laughs> took leave of absence to do something. God knows what. Uh, there's a lot of shit that happens when you're 45, he said so. Um, you know, including know. your
0: wife being pissed at you as I'm pretty sure what's going on, but it's like, uh, so, so
2: Tom has a, a time chart and I, I'll tell you what, Tom Brady makes me irrationally angry. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs>
0: yeah. You and anyone except for the Patriot fans or Bucks fans, I think
2: he is the luckiest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Not to say that he isn't talented, not to say that he isn't a good leader, because I think he is both of those things. I just think that he has a chart that is ruled by an angular Venus, and that really brings him luck, like more luck than you would see normally. So I was looking at this chart. Unfortunately, for all of what I was thinking about, He's in the 10th house perfection year, which means that that uh, Venus is very active this year. Uh, His moon is going to be his time lord in the first decan of Aries. Guess what planet is transiting over his moon this year? Jupiter. So (laughs) I'm pretty upset because I think, unfortunately, we may see this jackass in the Super (laughs)
1: Bowl. Right. So if you look at the Super Bowl chart every year... His natal Pluto, uh, Sun, um, Mars positive interaction is almost always in a positive aspect uh, Mm -hmm. with what's going on at the Super Bowl. I, I just over and over. And over again, Tom Brady's best stuff is lit up at Super Bowl time, and it drives me crazy. He's part
2: of spirit too, Kip. He's got part of spirit at 22 degrees Aquarius. The Super Bowl is played at roughly the same time every year, so the sun's going to be transiting as part of spirit like every Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, he has like really good um, aspects for the time that that game is played, and I think that that's actually really important. Um, I think, you know, we've seen that with LeBron James' chart on some level, too, in basketball, not to cross-pollinate the sports, but, you know, it really does make a difference. He he's have, he usually has some kind of solar opposition around the, like, a full moon of his life on some level around the Super Bowl, like the peak of his solar power, even though the, the sun is in its exile, so... Um, unfortunately i think that there are signs that point towards him having a very good year and the other thing that i will say is since he's in a 10th house perfection year and since he's born in august tom brady does not change time lords over the course of a season so he always has the same time lord for the entirety of a season where someone like rogers or wilson will have a change of fortune at the end of you know Uh, November and early December, which I think can be a really, uh, depending on what the condition of the planet is, I mean, there's stability there, right? And he's been very consistent over the course of his career.
0: It strikes me as interesting, if I might add a couple of notes about his chart as you're talking, Spencer. One, his ascendant ruler is that Venus, and the, the Jupiter is progressing into the angle into exaltation as well. So it feels like just to add a little point of emphasis to what you said about him having good fortune that's to me that's like doubling it up that because i would read that jupiter as like you know kind of cusping into cancer there it's interesting to me that he has mars and gemini that it's a mars gemini year but it's also interesting to me that that jupiter is in the seventh and that the eclipses next year will be in this, his seventh house that the Mars retrograde is his seventh house ruler. I mean, it's pretty much all over the news right now that one of the reasons that there was some off-season break from the team is because, you know, I, and it's well-documented in that the documentary that came out about the man in the arena, that, uh, you know, his wife really wanted him to retire. And yeah. so, you know, could there be some of... Could some of this be pointing toward, you know, marital strife, which I... Not that I'm trying to speculate about someone's private life, but if that's already having a potential impact on his career, and we know that his wife has had a huge desire for him to retire for a while, could that be a part of the storyline of the year? I was thinking about that as you were talking.
2: Well, and and here's another just really interesting moment for for Mr. Brady. When Mars is turning retrograde, it's going to hit his natal uh, Jupiter as well, right in at the 25, 26 wow. degrees of Gemini. In the ninth house of is like you know to me that mars retrograde is in a decan of gemini that's you know associated in with the ten of swords card which is basically a place in the zodiac that says it's time for you to make a choice it's time for you 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 have too many options but one of them has to perish for the other to live so the other possibility even is maybe brady just says I'm done. If I want to save my marriage, and I I want to like I'm going to retire mid season. Like <laughs> it could happen.
0: Like you know what I That I'm saying? would wouldn't that be the ultimate Mars retrograde thing to happen too? Um, especially in the ninth house, where it's like, are you going to um, get a divorce? It's a legal yeah. proceeding. Jupiter in the ninth house uh, with the the Mars connotation ruling the uh, seventh, and so forth, or. Or are you going to retire? I mean, that would be such an um, interesting to But if the Bucks are doing really bad, could you yeah. see that happening?
2: Potentially, because look at where the sun is hitting his natal Uranus at this time exactly as well. So yeah. it could be a shocking announcement where he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to quit to... Yeah to you know be, be with my wife
1: it'll right. be terrible for him to have to take the 300 230 million dollars that fox I'm is paying fox him to be an announcer whenever he quits yeah <laughs> so
2: we don't have to feel sorry for
1: him um,
0: first of all. <laughs> but yeah and i want to make it clear that like the only things that we are speculating about on this show are things that are really well documented and that way specifically have an impact on the On the athlete's story this year, and just our interest as fans, and and you know, it's like it's not at all to as a practice. I tell my students this all the time. Like, you know, when you're looking at the charts of public figures, you you know, you want to tread carefully and not make judgments and so forth. So we we do, you know, we we mean all the best when we're looking at these things.
2: Disclaimers too that this isn't like betting advice either. You know, for right, yeah, this (laughs) is entertainment. You only. <laughs> yeah, Definitely yeah. do
1: not bet that Tom Brady is going to retire <laughs> yeah, midseason. Do uh, not do that. Yes. It, and yeah.
2: It could be extremes where there could be an extreme where hey he he hangs him up mid season or he goes to the Super Bowl. And I don't I don't know if it could be really anything in between that at some level, you know. Like that's my that's one of my bold uh potential predictions
0: for the year.
1: He's gonna well, go through some stuff. Yeah, that's really great, Spencer. Thanks yeah
0: that was excellent i i really appreciated the the analysis of those charts we are unfortunately out of time i know we have things we still wanted to get to so i think we we're definitely going to be i think we're going to try to do this maybe once a month we'll see how it goes and just do it throughout the season maybe if we're you know really feeling lucky we'll expand into something like nba or uh, other other sports arenas Um, but i think this was really good for today this gives us a bookmark Spencer has some really nice things to say about the Super Bowl chart. We're going to mm-hmm. come back to that in our next episode. Um we why don't we end just really briefly with um the any any predictions or any things you guys want to say about the Vikings Packers season opener on Sunday.
2: I want to pull that up.
0: Yeah, I've got uh let's see. You no, you go ahead. You want to say anything first? I'll pull, I have a horary chart I can pull up too, but do you want to oh, yeah. say anything first?
2: Um let's let's pull it up real quick if we can if we can do yeah. that. So,
0: and I just, I cast this right before we met today. So typically I like to spend a little bit more time meditating on a horary. area else to say that in advance, because I, I just sort of did this on a whim. So if you look at this season opener and you compare <laughs> first and seventh house Lords, then I think, I think you have a case to, there's a case to be made that the Packers might have a little bit of a slow start this year with the seventh house ruler being Mercury about to turn stationing, like about to turn retrograde. Almost like we've got to figure it out. And I guess the the big criticism would be with the new wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Rodgers has got to get those ducks in a row. And you were even saying it may maybe his better football comes later in the year. Um you also have Mars and Malefic in that house. Um you know I
2: have a starting two offensive you know Pro Bowl tackles either for right.
0: B- Bakhtieri's been out for a while, hasn't he? an
2: acl injury two years ago that has been really difficult to come back from
0: yeah yeah um and so by comparison the vikings uh show up as a retrograde jupiter in aries which to me is not a super strong uh jupiter in aries it's seven minutes from moving back into its term and it is angular so is mercury though and the two are opposing one another clear show of the rivalry um I can't say that I feel like the Jupiter retrograde and I think it's technically Peregrine um, looks all that stronger to me than Mercury. But if I guess with Mars in the seventh and Mercury about to turn retrograde in the 10th, I would probably favor uh, Jupiter. The other question mark that I had about this is typically the applications of the moon. You know, if it looks like it's a split decision, may play a role. Moon to Mars in the seventh house maybe gives a little competitive advantage to the Packers. I'm going to call it with Jupiter in the fourth for the Vikings, but I'm I'm very tentative about this one because it looks to me like there's some there's some there's some pros and cons on either side of the basic first seventh house balance here. So uh, that's that's kind of my judgment. I'll say the Vikings win the season opener. I'm not convinced that they're going to uh, go to the Super Bowl or even win the division this year. Frankly, I think that they need to blow up the team and start over. That's my personal opinion. But um, but I think I'll, I'll give the first game to them. Okay. I
1: just really love that uh, this is an athletic event and you got uh, Mars in the House of Open Enemies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, especially since you know across the aisle is a Packers rival in the in the time when I cast it I thought that was that was great.
2: Well, and you've got a former Packers Packer that is going to be looking for revenge on week 1, 2 in Zadarius Smith who is mm. did not leave on very good terms. Um, I think if those two tackles don't play, he is going to destroy some stuff. <laughs> like he's, Darius is going to be on a, a mission.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You could, you could definitely, I could, and if, if a healthy Daniil Hunter is off to a good start too, then the Vikings should be better on defense than they were last year, which, you know.
2: So, w- one thing we could do if you want to just have an, a, a little bit extra information on this is we've got the starting time of the game up here. And you can see that, we're going to overlay the uh, the Packers first, okay? So we've got um, the moon hitting the, 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 this is the natal chart for the Green Bay Packers, which was established on August 11th, 1919 in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, so we have a, the Packers chart as a full moon um, in Aquarius, you know, Leo sun, Aquarius moon, and their moon's going to be hitting retrograde Saturn during this game, which I don't, feel great about you know trying like,
1: Uranus yeah. or sorry square Uranus
2: yeah that doesn't feel like um a resounding victory um to me uh, and we also have Mars they have a Mars uh in its fall in the seventh house of their opponent as well so maybe there's something going on in that regard uh anything else you all are noticing with the connections with um with the Packers and this game in this start time here
0: well, just it's interesting to me to note that that you know the staying power of the the Packers. Um, yeah. That's the inner wheel is the is their birth chart, right? No, the team's we've, supposed we've, birth chart. The
2: the, inner, the Packers inner wheel is is the birth
0: chart. And I'm just to me that the sun and the moon, a full moon and fixed signs. With a bunch of planets, including Jupiter and Leo in a fixed sign. It's like they're a dynasty, the Lombardi trophy, you know, <laughs> that the, the, they they have such staying power in their chart, which I think explains why, in part, I scratch my head going, how is it that they get far followed by Rogers and equivalent of like 30 years of like X top tier quarterback play, which is what makes every season potentially over 10 wins or whatever. Yeah. With a
1: leader, you know, known for having great quarterbacks. Right. Bart yeah. Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, it's all right in Leo.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Saturn on Regulus, too. I mean, that brings great power uh, oftentimes as well with uh, a fixed star in in the heart of the constellation, Leo, that speaks to great achievement as long as you don't uh, fall prey to the nemesis of, of revenge and, and trying to pursue power by any means necessary. So.
0: Well, it's interesting that that kind of came up for Favre and Rodgers at different points. Um it's also I just note that when Pluto enters Aquarius and starts opposing Jupiter, there's probably going to be a dynasty or a regime change or something like that. Maybe that starts to shift to the next quarterback.
2: It, very interesting, and that and that's coming at the end of uh, at the beginning of March, I think, is when we're going to see the Pluto dipping in. If I'm not mistaken, the next year, um, mm-hmm. and, and there's been rumblings that Rogers that this may even just be his last year because his contract is set up in a way that the longer he plays the more dead money is like a poison pill on the cap and i almost wonder with his scorpio moon if he did that on purpose so it was like <laughs> when i leave you know you're going to have to blow it up and i'm not going to let my successor you know get success at all um, cuz he was pretty pissed when he when he signed that contract and he raked the packers over the coals um, when when he signed that deal
0: and so, and th- there's pluto opposing the fallen mars during that time
2: right yeah this it looks very ugly so if we if we take a, a different tact right here um and we look at the the vikings and what they're dealing with um on this particular day the news is a slightly different so you can see that venus uh, in their chart is right on the ascendant of the the chart of the game that to me is a pretty good a pretty good sign um, for them that looks a lot better to me although i will say they also are a moon in Aquarius. but wow. Right? So, but they are a new moon. It's not a full moon. It, they have a fallen, uh, or I'm sorry, an exiled sun rather than a domiciled one. So they, they, <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Um, but their moon is also hitting Saturn. So th- that's a data point that we may not be able to kind of like point one way or the other. But I do think their, their natal Venus being on the ascendant, points more towards their success potentially unfortunately because i'm a packers fan <laughs> like
0: that's really fascinating yeah and i i, I didn't um i, I was uh, the outer ring is the vikings correct
2: yeah, yeah that's there yeah, name. yeah.
0: The, it's it's interesting to see that lineup in um it's interesting to see the lineup in capricorn and that when saturn started its return they would have been taking on kirk cousins and um there so there's so there's something and then they're, they're um where's their natal saturn i'm looking sorry it's in capricorn too right yes yeah. a little bit of their saturn return as well which is is interesting anyway i'm just i could look at this all day but we are out of time yeah. um so it sounds like we're both calling the first game of two between the vikings and packers for the vikings and then we'll have to maybe revisit game two
2: i hope i'm wrong but yes
0: yeah okay <laughs> Kip, Spencer, it was wonderful having you guys here today. For everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, if you're not into sports, pass it on to someone who you want to get into astrology and maybe, you know, sports is the bridge that could uh, bring the planets into uh, into into the picture somehow. Um, in the meantime, if there's topics you'd like to hear us talk about or athletes you'd like to hear us cover, uh, email us, info at nightlightastrology.com. Kip, Spencer, and I will try to come back and... Uh, do this again, um, maybe ho- hopefully like once monthly. You can catch uh, Spencer, Spencer Michaud on Instagram. Uh, you can find Spencer Michaud Astrology on YouTube and SpencerMichaud.com is the website to book a reading, that classes, means. things like that. H. Is that, did I get it right?
2: H in the middle of,
0: of the, it's just oh, There's a little typo. So Sorry. let me just, let me, I'll, I'll fix that. Hold on not spencer h michaud it would be like this is that right that's perfect thank you okay there we go sorry about that and then um kip uh at eudaimonia astro on twitter am i saying that correctly
1: euda and if you want to check out the basement astrologers um feel free it's still up uh lots of great interviews um it's there for you guys to enjoy
0: the basement astrologers podcast we once took a deep dive into uh donald trump's chart around the election if i remember correctly But anyway, it was good having you guys here. Let's do this again soon. And thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye. Thank you guys.